Hallelujah. 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 We are ready, Lord. We are ready, Lord. Yes, Lord, for the bones that you are turning into army, O oh God. For the seed that you are turning into highway in this place, O oh God. We are ready for you. We are ready because you are the only one that can. Yes, Lord. We give you praise this morning. We worship you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, the scripture says in Psalm 103, thank you, choir. The scripture says in Psalm 103, verse 11, it says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And then, listen, he says, for he knows our frame. He knows our frame. He knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. Heavenly Father, this afternoon, we have come, this dust that you made, and you bought with the precious blood of your Son. We are here, O oh God. We surrender to your will. We surrender to your way. We surrender to your purpose. And we say, have your way. My Lord, have your way. I know you told me to get out of the way because you know what you have already prepared for this assembly, for this gathering. I'm asking, Lord, do what only you, God, can in this place, oh God. Yes, Lord, turn every ashes into beauty. Let there be garments of praise instead of mourning. Let this be our testimony as we go out there to declare that will be done, thy kingdom come. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Let's give God a clap offering this morning. Hallelujah. So, God already prepared. I, I, I don't want to take it for granted, you know. It's an honor to have the pulpit on prime time of the day, on a Sunday morning. You know, so Pastor Jide, thank you. Pastor B, thank you for the honor. And I really want to thank God for them, for their resilience and for their love. Genuine people. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. So, I'm going to start with a story that I had somewhere on, online. My online person. So, there's this little kid. His name is Bobby. Bobby is only 10 years old, right? So, Bobby, he was very artistic, very creative. So, he made this boat. He made the boat. And he just loved this boat so much that he made. And he wanted, to test, he wanted to test it, so he went to the river. He went to the shore, so he was testing, you know. And he was so excited because this boat was really moving very well. But at last, suddenly, there was a storm, and the storm took the boat away. Oh, Bobby was upset. He was sad. He was mad. And he was like, wow, wow. You know, he, he didn't go home until it was nighttime. You know, his parents called him, so he had to go. He went back home, but he was so sad. He was upset. So two days after, he was coming back from, from school, and he passed by a store. And guess what he saw? 
he saw his boat in the store. And he was like, wow, this is my boat. This is the boat that I made. He went straight to the, uh, to the store owner. And he said, this is my boat. I made this boat. And the store owner said, I just bought this boat from somebody. And then he said, oh, I want my boat. It is my boat. So uh, the store owner said, if you want this boat, you are going to pay for it. And he said, how much is it? I will pay for it. He said, it's, only, it's $5. So uh, Bobby went back home. He searched everything. He went through. He broke his bank. And he was able to gather the $5. He was excited. He went back to the store owner. And he said, here's the $5. Take the money and give me my boat. So the store dollar took the money and gave him the boat. And he hugged the boat. He hugged. He was so happy. He was so excited. He said, first, I made you. Then, I paid for you. I bought you. Now, you are twice mine. He said, first, I made you. Then, I paid for you. I bought you. Now, you are twice mine. Isn't that our story? That is the story of redemption, people. First, our God made us. He created us in his own image. And then he bought us with the price of his son. He died the death on the cross of Calvary. So you are valuable. It does not matter what people say to you. It does not matter what situation or circumstances of life he's saying. Guess what? First, he made you. Second, he paid for you. He bought you. Now you are his. You are his. I don't know, there's some noise. I don't know if it's my jewelry making noise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let me take my... Is my earring? Okay. I'm sorry. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I don't know where I got the fashionista from. <laughs> okay. Are we cool? Are we okay? Everybody is happy? Hey, we're going to do this. Amen, amen. Sorry, I'm sure uh, Brother Funcha is so upset with me right now. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So I want also, I'm taking us this morning, like I said, I'm not go, going to spend too much time, but I want to take us quickly to the word that God gave me. It gives beauty for ashes, and you are all familiar with it. Let's just read the scripture together in Isaiah 61, from 1 to 3. I want us to read it together. One, two, three. We are going to read it together from NIV. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And I just thank God for the women of God. We just finished our powerful conference, Relentless. Hallelujah. 
It's like everybody was looking through my notes as they were ministering. And I'm like, I've prepared these notes like several days. And people were just talking about what. So the Bible says, once he has spoken, twice I have heard. And there's a reason for that. When you are hearing something over and over and over, it's because God wants you. Say to your neighbor, God wants you. And God wants your attention. So please do not take it lightly. This scripture that we just read, I love Isaiah. Anybody that knows me, most of my prayer and everything is centers on the prophet Isaiah. Because this man saw into the future. He actually, you know, prophesied about Jesus Christ. He prophesied about his ministry, about his birth. Everything about Christ was prophesied, even about his message. And lo and behold, Jesus Christ came. He went into Luke chapter 4. Verse 18, if you, it's the same scripture. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And people are like, who is talking? What is he saying? I know him, the son of carpenter. He went through the whole scripture. And he said, this scripture is now being fulfilled in your hearing. Where are we going with this? We see in the Bible, an ancient uh, practices, that ashes symbolizes deep grief. And sorrow. And when you think of ashes, there's nothing good. There's no value in ashes. You know, when you think of ashes, you think of darkness. You think of hopelessness, despair. You think of, you know, the end, pretty much. So in the times of mourning, especially among the Jews, you see that they always cover themselves with ashes. Rev, several references in the Bible. When you look at Job, in Job, verse two, uh, Job chapter 2, verse 8, after he lost everything, everything that he had, he lost it all. He went, you know, in chapter 2, verse 8. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He went, the Bible says, Job took a piece of broken poetry and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. So it's very common to see people covering themselves with ashes to show deep grief. You know, they are grieving, they are mourning. It's a shameful period. Same thing with Daniel. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 3, of course, you know Daniel, you know, very... How is he? You're a teenager in his country, you know, having fun, having a nice time. All of a sudden, his country, beloved country, was held captive, taken to captivity, you know, by the Babylonians. But what happened in chapter 9, verse 3? Daniel said, I, then I turned, so in his grieving, in his state, he turned, he said, I turned my face to the Lord God seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. So you see that process as it goes on. The one that also caught my attention is Tama, Tama, T-A-M-A-R. I don't know if many people don't know who that person was. Tama was David's daughter. Beautiful girl. She was raped by a step brother. Her stepbrother deceived her. Her stepbrother lied to her. And uh, he went in to give her step 
brother food, but her stepbrother stepped in, raped her, and then rejected her. Even though she was begging, you know, we can still cover this up, we can still get married. It, it was, the Bible recorded that this evil spirit entered him, and he just, you know, hugs the guard to take him out. But why am I saying all this? Evil happened. Bad things happen to good people. And I want us to remember that. You know, they are, especially in the world that we are living in, you know, you can really testify to everything that I'm saying if you've gone through life, if you've gone through hard time. Hard time happens even to good people. The life is not always happy and dandy. I'm still going to the good part, so don't feel too sad. <laughs> life is not always happy and dandy. Sometimes life hurts. Sometimes you, you deal with pains that you prayed, you fast, like Sister Tokumbo shared with us, 40 days of prayer, 30 days of prayer, 21 days of prayer, nothing is happening. Nothing, in fact, it probably grew worse. So life does happen, you know. But we are serving a God, a good one. I put here in my notes, I said, each of these seasons leaves its mark. Each of the seasons that we go through in life leaves its mark which is called wound or scars, like ashes of grief in the deepest part of our soul where no one but God can really see. And you will understand this if you've lost a loved one. You will understand this if you sat beside a, a dying person in transition, which I did, actually, through my job. The management were called, you know, we volunteered I traveled to Kansas to do video, we call it video, beside a dying person that's about to transmit it to the other world, holding her hands. And, you know, she, was, she didn't even know anything that was happening. So things happen. And this actually helps us to understand the power of God, knowing that you are not enough and you are not sufficient. So I say you understand what ashes or dark time means if you've received hard diagnosis of if you've just been told by a doctor that this sickness is terminal, which means you only have six months or less to live. But that is not where I'm going. Where I'm going is the beauty, guys. It gives beauty for ashes. So... Whether you are going through any pain right now, or you are going through the death of a loved one, or you are going through a state of hopelessness, good people, they promised you probably marriage, they promised you probably job, position, money, wealth, life. They failed. They disappoint. They did not deliver. And I don't know what your ashes are. But this morning, I want you to name it. I want you to name it. Because once you are able to, to def I mean, medical people will understand this, that once they are able to know all the name, the diagnosis of that situation, the resolution is really easy. It's easy to, you know, prescribe. It's easy to heal or provide, you know, respective care to that situation. So this morning, I want you to name your pain. Some of us have carried this pain for so long. 
And guess what? You don't even need to. You don't need to. Because why? You have Jesus. He said, first, I created you. And then I paid for you. I bought you. I bought you. I bought you. The Bible says in this world, you will have many trials. But he said, be ye of good cheer, for I have overcome. That was Jesus talking. So there is light in him. In him, we have hope. In him, our expectations are met in Christ and in Christ alone. Yes, it is true that life is not always easy, not always happy and dandy. At times, it is harsh and seems unfair. We may wonder where God is and why he did not heal that sickness or why he allowed your husband to just pass at the prime of your life just like that, or why he allowed the promised miracle, baby, that God has given you, to just sleep just like that, or why he allowed you to continue in this struggle. Things are being delayed. This is the way we planned it. You know, my, in my planner, in my goal, we have made it that by the time I'm 26 or 28, I'm already engaged, ready to be married, but things are not happening like that. There is hope in the house, guys. There is hope, and the hope is in Jesus. There is hope, and the hope is in that he bought you. He bought you, and he says, you are twice mine. You are twice mine. 2 Peter 3, 9, very profound scripture. He says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. He's not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. He is patient with you, that is waiting for you. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The healer is in the house this morning. The healer is in the house this morning. So the question... The question is, or the question that some of us are probably asking, where is God? Where is God in all this pain? Or where was God when I was going through? Where was the promises? I thought, if I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, every other thing will be added unto me. But where is God? I'm seeking him. Where is God? Where is God? That scripture that I read at the beginning, Psalm 103, I believe verse 14, it says he knows our frame. He knows that we are dust. He knows everything that we go through. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Romans 8, 10 to 11 says, but if Christ is in you, that's the answer to where is God? He's in you. So the question is, is he really in you? Is he? Is he? If you can't feel him, if you can't touch him, if you can't, you know, if you can't sense him, if you can't, what do you do? You turn to the manual. Where is God? He's always with you. The fact that you cannot feel him, the fact that you cannot see him, the fact that you cannot touch him, does not mean that it doesn't exist. 
Because you know why? You can feel the effect of the wind, right? But can you see it? You cannot see it. Why do you know that was the wind? Exactly. So, Romans 8, 10 to 11 says, But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. The Spirit of God gives life. So, my challenge to the church this morning is to seek God and His righteousness. Christ in me, the hope of glory. The moment you start feeling empty is a wake-up call to come back home. Come back to Christ. Come back to Christ. He loves you. He's not judgmental. He's not looking to punish you. Yes, situation has happened, but he's not the creator of those situations. But guess what? With that situation, he can elevate you. He can empower you. That's why we sang that song. He turned graves into garden. He turned seas into highway. He's the only one that can. He's the only one that can. Jesus Christ is not late concerning his promises for you. Situation might be late, but everybody's time is different. It's painful. We are not denying, you know, those facts, right? They are facts, but they are not the truth. Jesus Christ said, I am the truth. I am the way, I am the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other name beside him. So I, my challenge for us this morning is to rise up. Rise up from the ashes. I don't know who I'm talking to, but when God was getting this ready, he said, there's going to be an exchange. When you really think about it, it's an uneven exchange. It's an uneven exchange. He wants you to bring your ashes so you can get what? Crown of beauty. That's what you are getting, crown of beauty. You know, what, what is beauty? Beauty is crown, it is diadem, it's the, you know, tiara. And it's not just something physical, it's something holistic. It's the spirit, soul, and body, total health. Amen? So church, this morning, God wants you to bring it to his feet this morning. In uh, Isaiah 43, the Bible says, For now, thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob. He who formed you, O Israel, fear not. What the enemy wants to do is to make you intimidated, is to make you afraid, so that you will not fulfill the plan and the purpose of God for you. But God is saying, fear not. Why? I have redeemed you. I have redeemed you. I have redeemed you. First I made you, then I bought you. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. I have called you by name. He has called you by name. He has called you by name. And he says what? You are mine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, why are we chasing after shadows? Why are we looking for love in wrong places? Because we are human, we are dust. So this morning, church, let's rise up and embrace the love of the one that is consistent. Embrace the love of the one that never said no. He never condemned us. 
Even though you go through despair, he has hope. He has way. Amen. Hallelujah. So how does God give beauty for ashes? How does God give beauty for ashes? First thing I have here is that he gives beauty of forgiveness for ashes of sin. Beauty of forgiveness for ashes of sin. So you don't need to continue in that condemnation. Don't continue in that condemnation of, you know, that guilt of, oh my God, what I've done in the past still tormenting me. God has forgiven you because God gives beauty or forgiveness for the ashes of sin. Because the Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In Romans 6.23, he said, for the wages of sin is death, but it is not there. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. God gives beauty for ashes. So stop. The Bible says, if my heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. So you need to speak to your fear. You need to speak to your guilt. You need to speak to your condemnation. Things that condemns you. Things that limit you. Because they limit you. It does not allow you to come closer to the Father. And Father is waiting. You are mine, he's saying. The second thing is, he gives hope. There are several, but I just, you know, kind of put it just in three uh, points here. He said he gives beauty of hope for the ashes of despair. Despair is a state of hopelessness. That's why people commit suicide. Because they don't think there's any other way out. They think they've come to their wit's end. They think this is the end of their life. But it's not. Because God wants to, in fact, he says your wounds, your scars are beautiful. Do you know why he says that? Because he wants to use your scars to tell stories of his redemption. Amen. Can we just give God a clap also for that? Yes, he wants to use your scars to tell the stories of redemption. He wants to help. The Bible says, in, I believe Romans 8, 19, that the whole world is waiting for the manifestation of the children of God. In Agape, everyone is a minister. Title or no title. You have been empowered, you have been equipped to go out there and become a deliverer. God is empowering us, he's giving you a voice. So you can become a voice to the voiceless. What are you doing, Christians? Agape, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are we doing? It gives beauty of hope for the ashes of despair. And I was telling the woman during our panel, I said, we serve in spite of our pain. And guess what? We are actually doing ourselves a favor. Because as we serve other people with the pain, it gets better and better and better and better. So there is no excuse for not serving. There is no excuse. But you can't serve if you, have, if you don't know Christ. If you continue to serve and you don't know Christ, guess what's happening? Hurtful people hurt people. So that's why I always say to people, go back to God. It's good to come to church. 
Of course, you need to come to church because in church, what do we do? We get empowered. We are equipped to go out there and become deliverers, become the hands and the feet of Christ. But you need to know God on a personal level. And that's why, that's why if I were you, I would not miss this year's retreat. It's from the place of retreats that my ministry touch link was back. It was from the place of encounter with God. A place of communion. So many ministries, I believe, might go to so many other ministries that God gave back to in this sanctuary from the place of retreat with our God. So again, please, I challenge you, register for retreats. <laughs> First Peter 3.15 says, instead you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. If someone asks about your hope as a believer, Always be ready to explain it. But many of us, we are not ready. We don't even know how to explain it because there is no relationship. We have made church a transactional place. I come and then you give me this. If you don't give me this, I don't come. But like I said, God is waiting. This morning, God is waiting for each and every one of us. It's an uneven exchange. He wants you to lay everything down. Believe him. The pain is going to go. The sickness will be healed. Hope will come to every hopeless situation. Yes, that lady, you will get married. That man, you will find your wife. You will find your soulmate. Amen. Hallelujah. That, man, that, that, parent, that mother, that single mother that's struggling, to put food on the table. He will help you. He will help you. Because he's your redeemer. Hallelujah. Amen. The third one says, he gives us beauty of comfort for the ashes of sorrow. Beauty of comfort. is not. You can't find it anywhere else. You know, you go online, they give you, you know, there's um, easy steps, microwave theories, you know, out there. But easy steps, there's no easy step. There's none other than Christ. Just come to him. Come to him. Blind obedience, just come to him. To know him is to know life. To know him is to know hope. To know him is to know comfort. To know him is to rise from the ashes. To know him is to be empowered. So this is the message this morning. Hallelujah. So let's rise up. Even as we... As we go before God, it says in uh, I, uh, Psalm 46, verse 1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. He is our refuge. He is our strength. He is our ever-present help in time of trouble. He is the one that gives us comfort for ashes. He gives beauty of hope for the ashes of despair, a place of hopelessness. And somebody is probably is asking, how do I let go of the ashes? I don't even know what to do. How do I let go of these ashes? And God is saying, acknowledge that you can't help yourself and that you need help. Very easy, very simple. It's not difficult. Acknowledge. How many people are ready this morning to acknowledge that I cannot help myself? I need you. I need you. I need you. I cannot help myself. And then 
Just like Esther, you need to surrender to the king. Esther surrendered to the king's purification process. It was 12 months of purification. Six months of oil of mouth bath. And, another, and then you think I'm diva. No, look at Esther. <laughs> there are another six months. I mean, just for an earthly king. So for the king of kings and the lord of lords, give it all to him. Allow him. Surrender. Last, during the conference, we were talking about the difference between surrender and submission. They are closely knitted. But the difference is in surrender, you are giving in to the higher force. You are saying, I have no power of my own. I have no power of my own. You are saying, I give you, my opinions doesn't matter. My theory doesn't matter. It doesn't matter my goal. I just submit it all to you. So that's what I want the church to do this morning as I close. The final thing is to trust God wholeheartedly. Can you please project Proverbs 3? from the Passion Translation. Hallelujah. I want us all to rise up and please, let's read it together. From the Passion Translation, let's read Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I can feel God's presence here this morning. Hallelujah. It says, trust in the Lord completely. Do not rely on your own opinions. Hallelujah. With all your hearts, rely on him to guide you. And he will do what? He will lead you in every decision. Let's read it. I don't think, some people are not reading. Some people are not connecting. I told you all at the beginning that God has a blank check. So it, it's up to you what you write on the check. You can decide to ignore it. You can decide to let it pass. But it says, well, let's read it together. Trust in the Lord Completely. In, yes, in all your ways. <laughs> Hallelujah. With all your hearts, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision that you make. Heavenly Father, we come to you today, oh God. Can the choir please come? We're just going to stand on the, on the, on the chorus. Let's just stand on that as we ask people to come forward and just let in the ashes. I want us to ah, thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let's just start on the gardens. Yes. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. I want you to step forward, please. Please step forward. Don't go home with those ashes. Step forward. Do not be ashamed. Do not be ashamed. Don't let any, don't let any shame play its part. Don't let shame play its part. Allow God. He's here this morning. If you don't know Jesus, 
Just lift up your hands and say, Lord, I surrender. I believe. I come to you this morning. Yes, Jesus. Please come forward. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. You need more of him. Don't be ashamed. Just come. Come. Come as you are. Come as you are. Come as you are. He's here. He's giving you beauty for ashes. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. There's nothing, Lord. There is nothing, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. That is what you are doing in this place, oh God. He's giving beauty for ashes. Sunny morning. Sunny shame is of glory. Nothing to be ashamed. It's okay to come out. It's okay to come out. God is already here. Hallelujah. His power is here right now. His spirit is here right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are the only one that can Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are the only one that can give. You are the one that can give us hope. You are the only one that can set free, oh God. Yes, Thank you, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are the only one that can, Lord Yes, Lord. I'm still waiting for more people to come. More, more. There is more people. You are there in the audience. You are there. The Spirit of God is here. God himself is already here. Can you just embrace his love this morning? Can you hold on to him this morning? Can you say, I surrender, I acknowledge, I cannot do it by myself. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Nothing is greater than you. So we give you praise, oh God. So the second for us today is that we are receiving beauty. We are receiving hope. We are receiving garments of praise instead of mourning. Thank you. Please, if you are here and you don't know Jesus or you have not accepted Jesus into your life, or maybe 
One time you did, but you don't even know what it means anymore because life happened. Life has dented your faith. I want you to just lift your hand up and I will agree with you in prayer. If you want Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, if you want a new walk with Christ, I want you to please lift up your hand if you want Jesus. How many? How many? I know there are many people here right now. I know many people are here right now that have backslidden. Maybe you are watching me online and you know that you know that that personal touch doesn't exist. But Jesus needs you this morning. Or you need Jesus. But he's waiting for you. Hallelujah. I want you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I repented from all my ways. I acknowledge that I have no power to save myself. I say, Father, help me. Father, save me. I am yours. Refine me, O oh God. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. I confess that I begin a new relationship with you from this time henceforth and forevermore. There is no going back. No more lies. No more deceits. No more living in pity party. In Jesus' name. If you are that person, can we just clap for that person that just gave their life to Christ? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, Lord, we just thank you for what you have done for these ones. I know you have transformed in this place. I know you have healed in this place. I know that destiny has been redefined even in this gathering. I'm asking, oh God, that your spirits will quicken their mortal flesh, oh God, and they will totally submit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, everyone. God bless.